Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Charlie and Tiger fall just short, recapping the PNC Championship. Urban Meyer out in Jacksonville. What's next for the desperate franchise? The Zags get a big win in Phoenix. The guys review last week's biggest college basketball games. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. Previewing the NBA Christmas Day matchups. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back here in Delaware, Delaware, Ohio, live in the studio in Mass Basement. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like Colton said, we're going to mix it up a little bit this week. Um going to start out with uh, the PNC championship. I know I watched quite a bit of it both days. Um, very entertaining. I thought it was fun to watch because, uh, you know, the guys were all kind of laid back, kind of relaxed and, you know, just having fun with it. And, you know, obviously the big story was, was Tiger and Charlie. So Matt, give me your rundown on the PNC championship. Yeah, it was a well-played tournament by, by a lot of teams. The, the top four finishing out was John Daly and John Daly's son, who actually took the win shooting a 27 under par. They were followed closely by Team Woods, who shot 25 under. Uh, Team Thomas shot uh, 24 under, and Team Sink also shot four under. Uh, it was, it was kind of cool uh, seeing the father-son pairings, and I was surprised at how good uh, Daly's son played. He, he's an 18-year-old, and he, I didn't realize he's actually golfing for the, the Arkansas Razorbacks team there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. So that, they made a pretty dynamic duo there, and were able to run away with it. But obviously, the story of the day was, of course, the the woods and how, how well they've played. And it was interesting to see, see Charlie and, and how he plays. He really does show a lot of the same things his father shows. I, I saw one of the highlights of his, his big putt that he made and, you know, he kind of watched it as it was going in, started walking away, lifted that putter just like his dad did. I mean, it, it was picturesque. It looked just like his dad. It was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely a mini me miniature version <laughs> yeah. of Tiger. Yeah, I thought Tiger looked good though. Yeah, uh, I think that I think the big you know the big picture the big story is not only you know how well Tiger and Charlie played, but just how how good Tiger looked. And you know obviously there there's he still got some some ways to go. And I mean, it's an easier course. You know the right. fairways are a lot more wide open than a, a pretty flat. You yeah. know walking as far as walking goes. Obviously. Tiger was in a was in a golf cart most of the you know most of the way, which you know won't be he won't be able to do you know playing in a PGA event. So, a little bit different circumstances, but you know I, I still think at the same time you know it to me I was just amazed at, at some of the shots he was even still able to to make or you know hit and and things like that. Uh, because if if you remember, I mean it's been almost a, a full year since he's even played you know competitive golf. Um, the last time he played was at this at this tournament about you know about a year ago so um you know and, and he's only played about three or four practice rounds since then so it's just amazing to see you know obviously he, he's one of the greatest golfers of, of all time and it, it just it, it shows I mean the guy takes almost a year off of golf comes back and and you know still looks like you know one of the one of the greats and right. obviously not the same atmosphere as a, as a PGA level event but just just amazing what what he was able to accomplish and mm-hmm. you know based on his his circumstances yeah, and I, you know and we talked about it and i think i made specific specific mention of it that he might have been selling himself a little short when he didn't think he was going to be able to uh you know compete at the same level i said you know give it time he's only been out of you know from being in a hospital bed for three months straight you mm-hmm. know so 
give it some time let you know let the let the muscle return let the muscle memory come back and uh you know with with i'm sure extensive therapy you know i, I thought he looked good it was good to see him out there good to see him relaxed and having fun mm-hmm. you know they went out and they set a course record with 11 birdies in a row there i think uh starting with the like the last two holes on the front nine and mm-hmm. then you know uh ripped off of, like i said 11 birdies in a row and i think the highlight for me was uh, on 17 there charlie stuck the the best shot i'd seen on 17 all day stuck it about four foot from the cup mm-hmm. you know to birdie a par three there on 17 so right you know you know and they had a chance uh i you know colton and i expected them to birdie um birdie the par 5 18th and they wound up with a par on that hole so you know they were they were right there in the running two strokes behind the dailies but you know they, they had a chance yeah and i think uh you know ultimate you know another another kind of big takeaway or you know whatever tiger said said after the match you know his two goals coming into this thing were to you know have fun with his son which you know i i think he more than accomplished that that goal i mean you you can just see you know they were having yeah, a good smile, time you know yeah time, having yeah. a good time you know obviously playing playing well and his other goal was to manage to play this, you know, kind of scramble format that they had without a bogey. And they, they did that. They, they, you know, never bogeyed a single hole in this, this whole tournament. So, you know, he accomplished both, both of his goals and, you know, yeah, had a real, real shot to, to win it there, there at the end. But, uh, you know, they, they were dressed in their iconic red and black, you know, that, that kind of Sunday that, that, uh, you know, what we're used to seeing, you know, tiger wear on, on Sunday. And both of them were, yeah, like you said, many many me's of e- of each other, but uh, you know, ultimately the the dailies came out came out on top. You know, had just a little bit of a you know a bigger lead coming into the day, and just were able to you know do just enough to to get the get the win. So, and you know, it's, it's interesting. You talked about how uh, Tiger was on a cart for for the whole thing. I would almost wonder if the PGA would allow him a cart exemption. Well, I know he, I know they turned other people down in the he, past. He, they but. said he could apply for one, mm-hmm. but he said he'd never do that. Yeah, he yeah. made he made, I did read that earlier um cuz that was talked about how, you know, having a cart and this would help him because of the stamina issue, but uh and they, you know, asked, I think a reporter specifically asked him, you know, what he he said no, I would never do that. To, to me that takes away he'd say and these are his words, it takes right. away from takes away from the game well, yeah. that's good to hear because that is how it was kind of treated uh, it was i don't know maybe four or five years ago there was a, a professional golfer it was, I, it was really good and but he he had problems where he couldn't walk the course and he tried tried to get that exemption they they wouldn't give it to him so mm-hmm. i'm glad to see tiger kind of holding up that same edge and, and right you know and i and i say there. he used the cart the whole time but actually um on that 18th you know the final hole of the of the day he actually walked the final 200 you know plus yards basically from from the tee box, you know, until they, until they finished. And obviously that's only one hole, but it didn't really seem to, you know, bother him. Um, you know, that, that right leg is, you know, really what, you know, was giving him fits or, you know, was the leg that possibly was going to lose altogether. Um, but you know, didn't seem to bother him too much. And, you know, obviously it's only a short, you know, short sample size, but you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what, what happens. Obviously he's got, you know, a lot of work to do, a lot of rehab still still to go but uh you know we'll, we'll see what he can do and you know see if he can make a make a comeback to at least be competitive in in this year's you know masters coming up in in april so that'd be uh, awesome yeah, definitely keep golf more exciting keep the fans coming so it's good for it's, golf, it's good for golf. Absolutely. absolutely all right on to jacksonville you know we we talked about uh problems they were jacksonville was 
one of my most disappointing teams that we talked about last week and not just specifically because of the record, just because of the way they've handled the media and, you know, some of their internal problems. So, you know, as everybody's probably heard, they, uh, Urban was uh, let go from his position this week as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't want to get into that too much about what all happened in Jacksonville. Everybody's pretty much aware of that. I think, you know, the three of us kind of wanted to more focus on, you know, where Jacksonville goes from here. Um, you know, they, 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 they need to make a good choice here. This is, I think, vitally important for, for them and, and for the development of Trevor Lawrence. So uh, tell me what you guys think. I got, you know, six or eight names written down here that, that I've heard thrown about and maybe some of the same names you guys got. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think, uh, you know, Jacksonville definitely has to find find an answer and, and then find somebody that's going to, you know, develop some, some culture, you know, bring in, you know, a winning culture of, of some sort. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're two, you know, two and 11, you know, so far through the, through the year, um, it'll be Jacksonville's 10th season with double digit losses in the last 11 seasons. So, wow. you know, they, they haven't had a lot of success, not even just, you know, under urban Meyer, but even the last several regimes have not had, you know, consistent mm-hmm. success there, there in Jacksonville. So they definitely got to get to find somebody that, you know, is going to come in and, and have kind of a win now mentality and, and really be able to develop. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence at, at the same time. I mean, right. he's, he's got that, you know, short, a short window of, you know, how, how fast or, you know, how quickly you can develop kind of a rookie QB before it's time to start thinking about, well, maybe we need to go another right. QB or a whole nother class coming in next right. year. And <clears throat> so, but for, for me, I mean, the, the, a couple of guys that, that I have, you know, on, on my list are uh, Doug, Doug Peterson, um, which is the, you know, former Eagles quarterback that led him to, to a Super Bowl championship. Um, I got uh, that Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator for for Kansas City, and has mm-hmm. been kind of in the running for several top you know head coaching mm-hmm. jobs, and has not you know hasn't landed one just just yet. And the other one I have is uh, Josh Josh McDaniels, um, the offensive coordinator for for the Patriots, who's been kind of a you know has, has had previous head coaching experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, coached in Denver, um, but it, it is looking like you know kind of the architect or you know the kind of the master behind. Um, you know, that New England offense and, and Mac Jones success, another, you know, rookie QB that came in the same time as, as Trevor Lawrence and has, you know, found success there, there in New England. And I think Josh McDaniels. Well, let's start about, let's talk about those three to start with. And I got a couple more names maybe I'll throw at you, but yeah, let's start with Doug Peterson. Like Colton said, you know, he, he does have a Super Bowl and he was a past quarterbacks coach before he was a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, and a former QB in the, in the league in too. The league. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like that pick. I think, you know, and it's not like they got to hire him away from somebody else. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a, you know, it seems like to me, and I, I seems like Josh McDaniel's name's always thrown out there when there's a head coaching job. But I don't know. It just seems like I feel he, like he had that opportunity, and it he's had several hasn't gone well. Yeah, and right. he keeps he keeps going back to New England where right. he fits, right, or where, just, he, where know. he knows, you know, yeah, where he's comfortable, just, kind I just of thing. Feel like he's as comfortable or fits as well outside of that system. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the thing about you know Peterson is you know he is one of just eleven coaches that have won a Super Bowl in their first two seasons, so. He not only had success in Philly, but he had it early. He got it, you know, got it done pretty, pretty quickly. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he coached there for five seasons. And in his mm-hmm. first two, you know, first two years, he went to a Super Bowl, won a, you know, won a Super Bowl. So I think that's kind of what you know, maybe Jacksonville is looking for is, you know, obviously they've been through, you know, rebuild after rebuild after rebuild. But, you know, finally, at some point, it's got to be we're done rebuilding. We got to start, you know, actually 
producing something. And no, I, think, I will say he was handed the keys of a little more talent right, when, right, he, when he took over the Eagles. Yeah, right, it's, it's right a little right bit now. different, you know, circumstances, yeah. obviously. Yeah, not walking into, you know, a, a locker room full of guys that are, you know, super talented. But, you know, it, obviously, I mean, Jacksonville's probably headed for the number one pick. Right, they're going to draft well this year. Right, so, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, any of those guys are uh, definitely have a shot to me out of those three. You know, I guess my pick would be Peterson. Um, but uh, what do you think about Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator from Tampa Bay? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it would be, would be interesting. I think, yeah. you know, he's obviously had a lot of success, and I think it also helps when you have. Yeah. And where did he play quarterback at? He did play quarterback for Jacksonville, so he is, you know, somewhat familiar with the, with the franchise in that right. sense. But, you know, I, I, you talk about somebody that maybe was handed some keys or, you know, handed the keys to the palace. Uh, you know, it, it helps when you got Tom Brady and all the different weapons that you got, you know, mm -hmm. on that offensive side of the ball. Sure. And, I mean, I'm not taking away from what Byron has done. He's obviously done a lot of good things, and it still takes, you know, getting all those players to kind of mesh together to, to make, a you know, an offensive unit that, that the Bucks have. So, and he and he's dealt with some, some adversity, you know, some injuries, some, you know, stuff like that throughout the last, you know, couple seasons. And, you know, obviously has a Super Bowl title under under his belt. You know, I just think the only thing that, that may be hindering him is the fact that he doesn't have any prior head coaching experience. Right. And, right. Well, and my question is, how much of the offense is he really calling? We all know Tom Brady di right. dials up a lot of his own stuff. Right. Does a lot but, of audibles at yeah. the line, a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. sees a lot of different packages. So, so and, as good as that offense looks, is it really left which? Mm -hmm. or, I mean, right. it, it's just so hard to say. I'm not sure I'd hand the keys over. And I not think, knowing. I think to, to a franchise that's looking to do something, right. I think now or looking right. to try to do something now, I, I don't know. At least have a you know some, you know. To me, they'll probably keep the the interim guy in there through the end of the season. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So you know, so they're gonna get, you know, the rest of the season is what it is. But like you said, firing out next year, you know, with the next next season, I think they need to show some promise, mm -hmm. you know, a lot more than what they've shown so far this year. Yeah. I think, I think Byron's kind of an outside shot. Um, and I, I think another one that, that I read about that to me is a real outside shot is Don Martindale, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens. I'd be surprised if they, um, you know, would name a defensive guy as their head coach, knowing that, you know, to me, Trevor Lawrence is a focus, developing him, right. getting that offense on track, yeah. putting him in a position where he can be more successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you definitely have to go with somebody that, that has can get some success right away, but also has kind of that either offensive mindset or, or kind of a QB guru mm -hmm. slash, you know, QB developing type type coach um, just because, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you can almost say that that Trevor Lawrence's rookie season has been almost a lost season. So he's, right. you know, already a season behind, you know, mm -hmm. other other players because I mean this season, yeah, I don't even know that you can really call it much of you know anything. I mean, he, I, I would almost say that for this entire quarterback class, right? Though. right They've right. all really other had, than Mac Jones. Mac Jones yeah. has been right, the, been right, the gym absolutely. of you know the QB of the group class. so far. Absolutely. Um, the other name I heard, and you know, this guy does have some past coach. Head coach experience. That was Jim Caldwell. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he was with the Colt. Had head coaching experience with the Colts and with the Lions. And he was with the Dolphins. Was he a head coach in Miami as well, or was he a coordinator? I don't believe he was the head yeah. coach. Uh, I mean, I think he yeah spent some time with the organization, but I don't recall. Yeah, him I know being... he was head coach in Indianapolis and in Detroit. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was another name that I was doing some reading on. That you know, to me, if you're looking for a coach with 
you know, obviously the Lions have had their struggles, um, but, you know, the Colts have been a, a decent organization. And, 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 and was a decent organization under his, you know, under, under his, his reign or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think definitely, yeah, somebody obviously has has some coaching experience and, and has had some success in the, in the NFL. So, definitely, you know, somebody that, that might, you know, have an outside shot there. To, I don't know. If, I don't know if Las Vegas places odds on stuff like this. I know you <laughs> Yeah, you, I think they do. You sure probably had to. I guess to me, if I was gonna if I was gonna bet my lose some of my hard earned money, I'd I'd put mine on Doug Peterson. Right yeah, now. of all the names we've mentioned, for sure. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, one thing I say they they can't do. I I don't think they can go back to the college ranks. I just it so yeah. rarely works out in the NFL. And I even really think going after a coordinator is not the best idea. That hasn't really worked out that great in the NFL recently either. Mm -hmm. I think I go for somebody who may have previously coached and been retired. Mm -hmm. Two names I, I, I myself would go after. I'm not saying they've looked at him, nobody's saying anything. Right. I would look at Jimmy Johnson, try to pull him out of retirement, or <laughs> Bill right. Cower. All right. I'm telling you, these two guys could, could get it done. And Cower has mentioned he would, wouldn't mind getting back into coaching in the yeah. past. But fairly Jimmy's recently, probably in his seventies, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's up there in age. Uh, I'm not. I mean, obviously, Aaron's is doing it in Tampa Bay, but, right? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Bill Cowher definitely. I think uh, you know what's held him back, or you know, he he said oftentimes is that it would have to be the right situation, the right team. And I I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah, Jacksonville is his right team, right? So it just. Well, I, I think for, he need, I think he wants full control. Right. And I think a lot of teams have struggled to give. Well, that. and, I, and yeah. I think that I think the owner you know, is willing to give that, right. mm -hmm. um, you know, I think they were willing to, you know, they handed the keys to urban and I think they were letting willing to let him run the show. But then when it, you know, I think it became obvious that it wasn't going in the right direction. Um, right. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's that. I, Those yeah, are Bill, some interesting names. Bill Cower would not be a, would not, I guess I'd kind of forgotten about mm -hmm. him, but mm -hmm. I don't know, Jimmy. Yeah. I don't know. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, I think for true. him, he's been out of the and, game a little while. And even, you know, you talk about the difference between, um, you know, coaching in college and coaching in the NFL. I think probably even just the difference from, I don't know Here, exactly yeah. how long he's been out, but just the difference in Decades. the NFL. Yeah. No, was, when the Cowboys played, they did air it out a lot with you know Michael Irvin. Oh yeah. yeah. Deion Sanders run those fly routes. So I mean, they 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 were kind of air raid before the air right. raid we have nowadays. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that may be interesting. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be. Like I, I I don't see it happening. Right. But the, those are some names I I would at least mm -hmm. call. Yeah. Yeah. At least get out there. Get, see the see what their yeah. interest gauge their interest. I guess. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. Well. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of go over the, the the few games that did wind up taking place last weekend, our college games, and then uh, we'll get into some uh, NBA stuff. So stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for uh, staying staying in touch with us here. We're going to get into uh, our uh, college games from last Saturday. Um, we we uh, 
settled on five games that we thought were going to be close. Only three of them wound up taking place. And none um, of them were really that close. And none of them were really that good of games. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, the, this this panel all agreed on the three games that did get played. So we all went two and one last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first game was, was number three, uh, Purdue beat Butler. Um, I, that was no surprise, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, even though, the you know, uh, Butler has been a team that, you know, that all teams have struck, you know, they, they got a good ball team, I guess they do a good job of recruiting. They got a great coach and, you know, they're always a competitive ball team. Right. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, under the radar type type mm-hmm. team that always, you know, seems to give some teams some fits, but not in this one. Um, you know, Purdue obviously came into the game, you know, kind of, kind of struggling. They, you know, lost to Rutgers and then had to go to overtime to beat North Carolina state prior to this game. But, they were hitting on all all cylinders here, and 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 you know nearly won by by thirty points against against Butler, and you know Butler just just struggled to to have any kind of offense to to generate any any kind of offense. Um, you know they also were, you know had a couple of uh, key injuries too. They were without um, their their leading scorer uh, Chuck Harris. He was out with uh, with uh, he was sick, uh, not you know non COVID related illness. So you know that's already taken a hit to your team when you know your leading scorer is out and it's not a team that scores a ton of points as it is. And then your lead scorer is not in there. I mean, right. you're not going to have, you know, a lot of success, but yeah, per- Purdue, you know, just obviously had a, had a lot more, you know, offense. They out rebounded Butler 42 to 27. Oh, um, so, um, and it really wasn't even, wasn't even really like offensive rebounds that they really got it. Just, you know, kind of one shot and done for, for, uh, for Butler and, they only shot Butler only shot fourteen percent from the three point line. So yeah, that, that was a stat I was going to bring up. I mean that that was a huge disparity in this game. They were four for twenty eight shooting the three ball. Oh. Purdue was eleven of twenty two. Right, right. So, I mean, so that, that'll that'll really flip the game pretty quick, right there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And the other big one was uh, Gonzaga beat Texas Tech. I think that game was played in in Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix, yep. yeah. So, um, you know, obviously Gonzaga was the number one team in the country. At the start of the season, uh, you know they they had a loss to Duke, and then and then was it Duke? Yeah, they lost yeah, to Duke. Lost to Duke. Um, so that you know they dropped out of the number one spot, but um, it's just a season so far that really nobody's wanted to stay number one. <laughs> it seems like so. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, a, a a game that really I guess you know we we'd hoped it was going to be a better game than what it was, and it yeah. It, I think the score may have been a little bit, you know, the final score, I think it was a little bit tighter ball game mm-hmm. than, than really what, you know, the final score shows. Um, you know, this was kind of a back and forth match, uh, you know, going up until kind of late in the in the second half. And, you know, we talk about offense, and I think that was kind of the difference for, for Texas Tech. They, they, were out, they were without their leading scorer in the game. Um, he left their previous game Tuesday night uh, with back spasms and, you know, wasn't able to get back to be able to play in this one. And so I think that was kind of the, the difference, you know, in, in this one. And, and I think, you know, if you're Texas tech and you're, you're sitting there and you say, you know, we held Gonzaga's two big men, uh, Drew Timmy and, and Chet Holmgren to, to 12 points and, and three from three for eight from the field. I think you're saying, I, I think you're saying, man, we got a real good shot to win yeah. this game, but it just, they just, they, they did that, you know, defensively, but just weren't able to do enough, you know, on the offensive, you know, offensive side of the ball to really take advantage of kind of the off nights from from the two big men from Gonzaga. So uh, uh, and this was another game where I thought the three point line actually made, made made a difference here again. Gonzaga shot 42 percent from the three point line where Texas Tech was only shooting 32 mm-hmm. so percent. I think that made made a little difference in, in kind of 
took that thing away at the end, made a little little wider margin. Right, and it seems like Texas Tech, you know, their offense kind of set – like their defense kind of sets up their their offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually were in this game. They they had 12 turnovers, more turnovers than, than Gonzaga did. So, you know, they, they you're not going to have got the flip, success. You the know, script flipped if, on them, yeah. If you're counting on your, you know, defense to, to get you points and then you, you turn around and have more turnovers than the other than team. Than what you're creating. Yeah, right. then it, it's not going to spell, you know, good things. So – and then the last one was an old Big East rival, uh, Providence and UConn. This is the one we missed. UConn was the, you know, coming in the favorite team was ranked twentieth, I believe, prior to this game. And mm-hmm. uh, really, this game was never really that close. Not until uh, the very end, <laughs> the yeah, very very end. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, they made a late made a late run, but um, yeah, I, I, I was surprised that. Yeah, UConn just looked flat. Yeah. The parts of the game that I did watch, they just looked flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, um, you know, Providence got out to kind of an early lead, built built kind of an early lead. They they were up by 16 points at one at, at some point in the second half, and then with two minutes to go, UConn actually cut it to two points. Yeah. Um, so they made a, a a great you know surge kind of in the in the second half, but obviously fell you know fell kind of short um, there. I, I don't think that they. I think they cut it to two, and then I don't think UConn scored a single point in that final two minutes. So, um, yeah, just two offenses that really never really got got going. Um, you know, Providence just shot the ball a little bit slightly better than than UConn, but yeah, their defense played really well. They had six steals on the game, which mm-hmm. was, was just kind of enough to get right. Enough to get, get give the them a little done. bit more opportunities yeah. to, mm-hmm. to to you know get some buckets, but. You know, uh, again, UConn was out without their star center, um, uh, Adama Sanogo, um, and that's that he's averaging almost 16 points a game mm-hmm. and and six rebounds and then almost two blocks a game. Yeah. And I think they could have could have used them. Um, it seemed like uh, you know Providence has has the star big man in, in Nick Watson, and he was you know he was kind of cleaning up the paint or you know doing a nice job there in the paint. So I think you know UConn may have been missing their big man there to kind of kind of center them at least on the on the defensive side, but. You know, like I said, averaging almost 16 points, you know, pretty key part of the offense, too. So, um, obviously, I don't, I don't know if these two teams will play each other again. You know, they're obviously, like I said, you know, division, you know, uh, opponents. But I don't know if they'll play each other again or not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, could be could be an interesting one if, you know, everybody's healthy and then things like that, it, you know, came down to the last couple minutes in this one so we'll see if they you know match up again what what the circumstances are like we said uh, two other games that we were supposed to have that they got they got canceled with covid issues ohio state was supposed to play kentucky Mm -hmm. and then ucla was supposed to play uh, north carolina and uh so those two games wound up getting canceled and then then they rescheduled North, North Carolina and Kentucky. North Carolina played Kentucky. So yeah, the two teams and, that didn't have COVID issues, you know, wind up playing each other. Which I'm glad, you know, that they did get to play a game. Yeah. Uh, at but least it the, wasn't but the fans much. that paid their money to go watch, you know, only got one game, but at least they got something. Got something yeah. yeah. And it wasn't you, much. As a Buckeye fan, I can be glad we didn't play Kentucky that day, though, because they were hitting on all cylinders. They yeah. scored yeah. 98 points, shot 54%. In the field, I mean, they just, right. they were they were on fire. Yeah, we, me and Dad watched a little bit of kind of kind of the beginning of that game, and we were kind of flipping between that and some other bowl games and golf and things like that. And every time we turned back, it, it just, just kept getting like worse. Kentucky yeah. would, you know, it'd be like they'd be Kentucky be up by like ten, then we flip back, they'd be up by twenty, <laughs> then it was twenty five, and just the, the lead kept growing. And yeah, North Carolina just obviously came into this game a little bit over overmatched, right. and um, you know, so. But at least they did get the play. You know, they, they obviously spent their money to go out there, you know, spend time in, in Vegas. Uh, so 
at least the two teams that, that were healthy enough to play were, were able to, to play. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good, you know, kind of indicator for North Carolina to see where they kind of stack up. I mean, obviously they came into this game seven and two in the season, but hadn't really been tested too mm-hmm. much or didn't really know was their team really good. You know, was their record really, you know, showing how good they really were and, you know, they stacked up against a Kentucky team that, you know, obviously Kentucky's almost always going to be good every year. And, and, you know, North Carolina came into this one and, you know, now they see where they, where they stack yeah. up or to see where, you know, how much work they still have left to do to, sure. to be, you know, a kind of a national title or, you know, a tournament contender. So and I, I give both of these teams a lot of credit for even agreeing to take this game mm, on right. with, with no Absolutely. real prep time. You yep. really right. can't scout the other team. Mm-hmm. I mean, neither yeah. of them are ready to go into this game to play. Right. Each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good point. All right. Well, let's. We're going to stay with basketball. We're going to switch to the big leagues here. Uh, the, the NBA Christmas games, uh, five games on tap. First one being uh, the Hawk Atlanta Hawks playing at the Knicks. Um, Atlanta coming in uh, fourteen and fifteen, and the Knicks are fourteen and seventeen. So, mm-hmm. uh, Colton, give me your thoughts on this first game. Yeah, I think uh, just overall, um, you know, before the season started, I think you would have looked at this NBA Christmas Day list, and you would have been you would have been salivating at the mouth. Right. You'd have been saying, "Man, these are some Lots some good games." games. Yeah. And obviously, with some circumstances with with COVID and just you know teams are not playing well, injuries, you know, things like that. Now you're looking at like man, this is some, some duds right. here. I mean, they, you know, we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, Atlanta and New York, how this game might be, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, they matched up in the first round and, you know, I, I think it went to six or seven games in that first round mm-hmm. and, and battled it out. It looked like, you know, two of the better teams in the, in the East. And now, you know, like dad said, the Hawks are 14 and 15, the Knicks are 14 and 17. Sitting, sitting, sitting at 12 and 13th in the Eastern Conference. So <laughs> if the if the playoffs were to end today, neither one of the teams would be making the playoffs. Yeah. So it, it, it's definitely, you know, not the expectations I think that both teams have. And I don't know. this the, To me, this game is going to be very, very interesting. Both teams are dealing with, with massive COVID issues. Uh, I think more, a little bit more on the, the Hawks side of the ball. Um, their, their star player, Trey Young, and, and their star uh, kind of center, Clint Capella, not going to play two two of their starters, yeah. you know, are, are in the COVID protocols. Right. Uh, the Knicks are the same, you know, same way. They got a couple of, of their starters that are in, in the protocol. But I think that the Knicks have a little bit less impact on, on, when it comes to the COVID stuff. They have a few more of kind of their reserve guys that are in the COVID list compared to the Hawks who have some pretty significant guys that are in the COVID. So I just think, I, I think that the Knicks have just a little bit more, more firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they come in, you know, averaging, they're giving up about the same amount of points that they score. So they're pretty evenly balanced in that sense. But I just think with, with Atlanta not having their, you know, having Trey young there, who was pretty iconic in that, in that first round series last year, mm-hmm. I just think that Atlanta, you know, where, where's the offense kind of come from, or, you know, who kind of runs the team, you know, when Trey young's not on the floor, right, right. I like the Knicks to, to get it done right. in, in, yeah, in I, Madison square garden. Like I said, Capella gone too. That's their top two scorers. Right. I mean, that, well, yeah. Trey young's also, leading in scoring and in assists. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you're giving up. But you look at the flip side of that, Julius Randle is leading the Knicks in all three categories. Right. Points, yeah. rebounds, and assists. So, uh, you know, to me, obviously, if I'm the coach of Atlanta, I got to say, if we make Julius Randle have just a, a mediocre, mediocre day, day, we got yeah, a real good shot of winning this thing. So, I, I think – 
who you're going to have guard him now. Cause I mean, it probably would have been Capella right, playing yeah. against Randall. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Now you're, you're kind of stuck on defense who you're going to throw out there. At right. Him, yeah. It's, know? it's, it's definitely interesting how these teams are going to manage it. Um, you know, as you know, people may or may not know, there's been a lot of players getting called up from their G league teams right. or, you know, players that, maybe aren't weren't on a team that you know have recently played in the nba that mm-hmm. are now getting signed to, to deals and things like that i mean it's it's a mess right now mm-hmm. um you know I, I you know i just hope that we can even make it to christmas day and they'll still play the games right. i mean the nba stance is that they're not you know going to cancel any games or you know whatever they did you know put well, out a statement the last two nets games have been canceled so right I mean, right I think um, games can still be canceled right and and they put out a statement that they you know potentially might arrange some of the game times which i don't really know i don't how understand that, how that helps, how that but... helps kind of the covid protocols right. but you know I, I don't know but hopefully we can at least watch the games you know that's kind of an iconic thing like you know like the thanksgiving day games for the nfl this right. is you know something that everybody looks forward to mm-hmm. on, on christmas day of you know watching you know professional basketball but uh, i don't know if anybody else had any other thoughts about the, the hawks or the knicks or yeah, if we can yeah, move on to I the think, next i think we'll move on to the next one the next game game on the slate uh Boston Celtics at 15 and 16 at the Milwaukee Bucks at 19 and 13. Matt, give me your thoughts on this game. You know, I think these are two teams that play a lot of one-on-one matchups in basketball, and you can tell that by looking at just their assist record. The Celtics are 21st in the league in assists, and the Bucks are 23rd in the league in mm-hmm. assists. So, just I don't know. I don't think the the a Celtics isolation ball. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think the Celtics really have anybody that could match up with uh, Giannis, assuming he's still playing. Yeah, no, he's he's Is in he the out? he's in the COVID protocols <laughs> as well. I'm, so. I, I missed a lot of these COVID calls, yeah, so that's yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Um, so I, th- then that that really gives the Celtics a good shot here, I think, because w- without Giannis. Uh, I think the the Celtics have a lot of guys that can play better one on one basketball than yeah. I, think. I think. Jason Tatum Milwaukee goes had. off, and yeah, game. yeah, I think uh, you know Tatum and and Jalen Brown for both for the Celtics can can have you know big big games, and you know like I said both both teams are dealing with you know COVID issues and and have you know several players in in the protocol, and not only Giannis, but you know the Bucks also have Bobby Portis, who is almost a sixteen point mm-hmm. per game, you know, and another another starter for the Bucks that's that's in the protocol and. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the Celtics have, you know, well, now, are any of these guys even close to being cleared? Or yeah, I don't. It, it, sure it's one of those. It, it, it's it's one of those things that they're they're in the protocol and they, and there's potential. There's no potential idea. that they could come yeah. back. But I think it depends on like negative tests coming right. up or you know yeah, whatever. And, so. and, and you know, from what I understand, you know, majority of the NBA players have been have been at least vaccinated, right. and, and I think a good majority of them have even been boosted as well. Um, but it's yeah, it's one of those things that yeah, if if you know, it's all about can you produce a negative test or right. you know how quickly you can kind of come come back type deal. So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, one of those things that they're in the protocol, but you know you 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 kind of have to say we're more than likely not going to be be they're not going to be on the team. You know, come come Saturday, we yeah. have to kind of try to. Mm-hmm. Game and if plan. they are, what what shape are they going to be? In? Right, right. Out, and and, and, and if it's like you know, if it's an all star, I mean, you know what you're going to get. I mean, you don't really, if he's not in the lineup or you know whatever, you know what you're getting from your you know your star players or whatever. Right. So you you can kind of game plan without them, and then if they do play, that's just an added bonus, an added right. bonus. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just think the Celtics have you know 
uh, a little bit more firepower with, with Giannis being out for the Bucks. Uh, I think that's going to be, you know, very, very going to take and a he's hurt. He's their leading rebounder as well as being their leading scorer. Yeah, I think so. that the, the Bucks are going to take take a hurting on that one. Uh, and I think the Celtics are, you know, got a few more players. Like I said, Jason Tatum, you know, should be able to have a have a big game. And the Celtics are playing better as of as of late. Um, you know, not probably where they want to be um, as far as the standings go, but I think. They, they, they get on track here and get get a win in Milwaukee. <clears throat> All right. Well, probably the what appears to be the best matchup of the day Absolutely. is that third game, uh, Golden State 25 and 6 at Phoenix at 25 and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Curry's coming in leading the team in scoring with 27 and Draymond leading in rebounds and assists. And then on the flip side, you got uh, Devin Booker leading uh DeAndre Ayton or Booker leading and scored DeAndre Ayton leading in uh, rebounds and CP three with double digit assists. So um, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of talk on injuries or COVID issues from these two teams at this point. So hopefully we'll actually get to see the real team from both these teams out there. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Warriors have a couple of guys, Um, (laughs) the Suns, you know, thank, as of now, they have none. They are zero players in the protocol, but uh, the Warriors have a, have a couple of key guys. Andrew Wiggins, almost a 19-point-per-game scores in, in the protocol. And, uh, you know, a surprise player for me is is Jordan Poole, um, kind of a couple of years in the league and out, out of Michigan and is really, you know, having a great, fantastic season this this year. And he's almost an 18-points-per-game scorer as well, and he's, he's in the protocol. And I think, you know, outside of the protocols, you know, this was kind of the anticipation – where we're going to finally see Clay Thompson, you know, come back. And I'm unfortunately, not until January. unfortunately, yeah, he is not, you know, going to make his appearance. You know, that, that was kind of the, mm-hmm. you know, early on in the season, that was kind of the projected date, date, you know, yeah. was for him to come back on this Christmas day and, you know, what a game it would have been for him to come back. But yeah, unfortunately just not ready, ready to go just, just yet. So he, he won't be making his debut, but yeah, I think, you know, this, this is going to be, you know, an interesting one. Uh, definitely, you know, the two, not only the two best teams in the Western conference, but the two best teams in the NBA going to, you know, and and they've already played each other. I think either once or twice already um, in the, in the regular season. And both games have been, you know, very, very close, very, very interesting. And if you look at kind of the stats, I mean, they're almost identical when it, when it comes to the stats. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I like, I like the Suns a little bit more. I think the hits that the the Warriors take there, a couple of their, their star players being in the, being in the protocol, I think the Suns the Suns get it get it done on their on their home court. So yeah, I'm going the other way on this one. I think the main difference here is going to be the three ball. Mm-hmm. You know, the Warriors have hit 463s this season compared to the Suns. They're almost they're a little over 100 behind on the three ball. So they play a little more on the inside. Mm-hmm. And if you go trading two for threes, that can get away from you pretty quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a matter of can the Golden State get hot. You right. know, one of those things. And obviously they got one of the best three point shooters. In- <laughs> Yeah, all ever, if Curry's on, they can beat anybody. Oh, right, yeah. right. Uh, and he's been able to do it, you know, so far through through this year and kind of carry that team. And you know, we can't forget forget about the utility man in, in Draymond Green, the, the kind of do it all player that you know doesn't maybe show up on the stat sheet, you know, at, at, with a lot of the stuff he does, but goes out there and gives you, you know, one hundred and ten percent. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, the next one, the fourth game of the of the five is uh, Brooklyn going all the way out to the Lakers to play on the West coast. Um, Anthony Davis, if you didn't heard, he's, uh, he's out. Um, he's their leading scorer and leading rebounder. And then you got uh, Westbrook as their assist leader right now. So, you know, they're saying that LeBron is going to have to really step up and get back to his, you know, old form uh, to be able to carry the Lakers on this stretch where I don't know how long, 
uh, AD is going to be he's, out. He's out at least a month. Wow, <clears throat> at so, least a month. Um, you know, and they're they're right now sitting at five hundred. Mm-hmm. So this this could be this could get this could get away from the Lakers in a hurry. Um, right. On the on the other side, you got Durant just lighting it up, averaging thirty, <laughs> uh, and then Harden leading in rebounds and assists. So, um, and I don't know. Was this the game that? Kyrie was no, so they, they're they're all in the COVID protocol. The, now right, too. Yeah. the crazy. I thought this was a game that they thought he might be back, but now he's in the protocol. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's crazy because Brooklyn like has, half their team has ten the has pro- ten yeah. players, and I think the most out of any of the teams oh, has ten. They ten must players. all had a Christmas party together or something. Yeah, wow. they uh, they are all you know ten different players in the in the COVID protocols. That includes Marcus Aldridge, you know, one of their you know starters or first man off the bench. Kevin Durant in the protocol, James Harden in the protocol, oh, Kyrie, you know, already was, you know, not hasn't played at all this this year due to, you know, COVID stuff. And then, you know, was due to come back sometime, you know, within the last, you know, week or so, but is now in the protocol himself. And yeah. so it's yeah, yeah they got it. the three best players are in the protocol and then, you know, several reserve players on top of that. Well, and the Nets had to get an exemption from the NBA to be able to sign more bodies just so they had enough to even be able to have a team. Right, but right. Be, because they've had so few players, the NBA has actually canceled their last two games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do the same here or not. Right, yeah. No, I think, you know, if you're, you know, if everybody's playing in this game, yeah, you're looking at this like, oh, man, this is a potential NBA finals type right. matchup. But, you know, we're, we're not. I mean, mm. we got several players out, injuries, COVID, yeah, you know, it's whatever. It's going to look like a G League game. I mean, it's going to be, like. yeah, it's going to be trying to figure out uh, the Nets or, you know, who, who's that guy or, right. you know, where do they find this guy or, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Lakers, you know, get it, get it done in this one because they still do have LeBron, you know, playing and Westbrook on that side. And. You know the Nets don't have any star power right. really. I mean, on, on that side, so I like I like the Lakers to to get it done in, in in this one. But yeah, going forward, what's the impact of that Anthony Davis injury? That that that's a big one for mm-hmm. for the Lakers. Right, right. <laughs> okay, last game of the night, uh, fifteen and fifteen Dallas Mavericks going up against uh, the Utah Jazz at twenty one and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we got you know Luca who's leading the, the Mavericks in all three categories won't be on the court. Nope. So he was already, you know, dealing with an injury before that. And now he just got put in the COVID protocols oh, today himself. So he's, he's not in there. Um, and, and, and Porzingis has been in and out of the lineup, not because of, you know, COVID, but just dealing with some knee soreness and things like that. Um, so they're, they're, they're hurting. I mean, they got, I think six players in the, in the COVID protocols and, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., another you know good score for him is in the protocols. The the Jazz as of now have zero players in the oh protocol, my. and and, and, and they've this, got more firepower. Yeah. Even if both teams had all their right. starters, I mean this, Mitchell, could, Bogdanovich, Gobert, right. Conley, Clarkson, Gay. This, this could get ugly real early. early. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Jazz come in. They're they're one of the best offensive teams. They're leading the leading the league in, in points per game mm. at, at almost 116 points Ooh. per game, and and Dallas is a little bit you know way below that at like 105 mm-hmm. so this this game could get out of hand real real quick um because yeah like you said the the Mavs are kind of fielding you know who knows out there kind of kind of team I guess they better hope that that Porzingis can play to give them somewhat a, a, of a chance to maybe stay in this but yeah I don't I don't expect this one to to be you know good for the for the Mavs fans but uh yeah definitely the, the Jazz you know mm-hmm. if everybody can stay healthy you know cross your fingers or whatever to Saturday I you know like the Jazz to Stay up there towards you know towards the Western Conference. Stay up there in the in the top. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 
it's it's a mess right now in the in the sports world as far as you know COVID goes. Um, you know, yeah. I saw an interesting stat. Um, you know, we talk about all these different players in the in the COVID protocols, and you know, if you remember last year, the NBA season started on Christmas. Christmas Day was the first you know the first game or first games of the season last year, and and last year, zero players in in the COVID mm-hmm. protocols to start the season. So far, just the ten teams that are playing in the games have 42 players total oh. in, in, in the COVID protocols. I mean, that, and that's just, and that's just the 10 teams that are playing on Christmas. That's not even counting the players outside. Christmas you know, day off. Right. Uh, I mean, that's you know, heartbreaking. Yeah, it's 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 a mess right now. And, yeah. and, and, you know, hopefully we can get through the season, you know, ever we can get past this, you know, kind of winter season, mm-hmm. everything will be good. But it's a mess right now, not just in the NBA, but the NFL's dealing with it. The NHL is on a, on a pause. So it's it's – you know, NCAA basketball has canceled some games. Right. I mean, there's been some some stuff in in college football. I mean, it's the NHL now has turned down their chance to play in the Olympics. The, right, the NHL hockey players that that. just yeah. came out. It's it's yeah, it, it's ramping back up, and you know, we thought we were you know maybe done with this whole thing, but you know, unfortunately, it's Weird, it's still it's ugly head. It, it's still still a thing. So yeah. hopefully, we can just you know get past it, move forward. We can you know get get the seasons in and things like that, and not be affected too too much. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, we got just a couple minutes here at the end. Um, one thing I guess that kind of struck me from, you know, we talked last week about teams that we thought in the NFL, going to NFL news, um, uh, teams that we thought were impressive and, you know, on the right track and maybe guys that we thought were MVP caliber for the, you know, and one of the teams we talk about was Tampa Bay, man, how, how, how quick the tide can turn, right. You know, after we talk about them, they get, they get skunked nine to nothing, nine to nothing against the Saints team that they, you know, I think since Brady has been there, they've lost four times in the regular, they're two of them this year. Oh, and four in the regular season against the Saints and have just looked like a totally different team every awful. time they, they played the Saints. So. Well, and, and, you know, not only that, they lose Chris Godwin, their number one receiver in mm-hmm. that game. Um, they lose Leonard Fournette for we're not – well, Godwin's done for the rest of the season. Right. Uh, Fournette's probably Fournette, done – yeah, at least Fournette. done till the regular season. Right. So, they signed Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. in the absence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it just it's just and, amazing and, how quick stuff can turn. You know, we were saying, you know, this is a team to beat, and – you know, now they're looking at man. We just got to ride this salvage thing out. Salvage team enough yeah, to salvage keep just, going. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it, it's just amazing how quick the the world of sports can turn. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, and, and even in that game against the Saints, their you know number two receiver, you know, Mike Evans went down at, at some point. Right. He's he's kind of day to day. You know, I think something with his hamstring. I think, but was kind of a a day to day type type guy. Um, but I think I think he's going to be be okay. But yeah, you lose your first, you know, top receiver, your second receiver, and your, you know, top running back. I mean, that that's not yeah, good. That's it, for coming in, you know, a team that, that really relies heavily on that, you know, that offense to really power them forward. Uh, yeah, so we'll see how, how that kind of impacts them moving forward. Um, but, you know, I think we also kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some other coaches that, that may be on the on the hot seat as we, you know, get ready to kind of wrap up the, the regular season here. You know, only a few weeks left. Uh, I think we wanted to – Kind of talk about maybe some other other coaches that we might you know might be looking for jobs at the at, at the end of the season and you know one one for me that that kind of kind of sticks out and I think everybody's kind of thinking and I think this is probably the easiest one and that that's Matt Nagy Matt from Nagy. from, from, yeah, from Chicago the, from the Bears yeah. um, you know he's came in to kind of you know revitalize you know was kind of a I don't know a QB whisperer if you will is what they kind of termed him as and, and and a guy that really had a great offensive kind of mind 
And, uh, you know, under his tenure, the Bears have scored the eighth fewest points in the NFL, you know, in, in his you know few seasons that he's been there. So haven't had much success on the on the offensive side of the ball. But then well, it's just been baffling how he's used Justin Fields, yeah. a, a, an athletic quarterback, and he's trying to keep him stuck in the pocket mm-hmm. and not let him make plays. Right, right. Yeah. Way I, his natural and just the way he's kind of handled the situation yeah. in general. Of he's going to start. He's not going to start. Right. He's going to play. He's not going to play. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton's the guy, not the guy. You know, yeah. it's just been, you know, kind of a, you know, indecisiveness. I think that that's kind of, you know, I think kind of hindered uh, Fields kind of development of, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing if he's going to play or how much time he's going to play and right. things like that. And so, you know, with, without making kind of a, this is what I'm doing kind of thing, making a definitive decision. I think it's just not good. I think it's affecting the whole team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the bears offense being horrible, but their defense has been even more of a disappointment, you know, at least this season um, in their, in their 10 losses, they've given up almost 300 points total. Mm. So, um, you know, almost 30 points a game they're, they're giving up in their 10 losses. And I think they're willing to chalk that up to some injuries yeah yeah i think that's one of those things that maybe yeah you can chalk up the injuries it's just kind of not what we're used to seeing you know out of a out of a bears defense and i think i don't know how much blame you can really put on a defense when the offense really can't stay on the field can't sustain drives i mean the defense can only do do so much so yeah i I don't expect you know there there have been rumors for several weeks that that naggy is is gone that Mm -hmm. you know that chance from the fans to to fire him and, and things like that I just don't see him, you know, making it through. I think he'll make it through, obviously, the rest of the season. But come come the end of the season, I think it's 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 you know probably time to to you know let him go. So. I agree. Uh, the rumor for that that I absolutely hope isn't true is the Ohio State coach Ryan Day maybe getting a call to come out there. They say it's custom tailored for him with mm, with Justin deals, Fields being right. there, but I just, I don't know. I think it's a bad move for both for yeah. for Ryan Day yeah. and for Chicago. I agree. What about what about uh, Dan Campbell up in Detroit? Yeah, I don't think I mean I would find it very very hard to to see them firing a coach after one one season. I mean, not to say that it's not possible. Well, but I, I feel like they knew they were going to be bad because right. they, they they give up on Stafford. They they brought in a guy that they were okay. Right. We we'll take him, but kind know, of a rental maybe yeah, to see just, what we're going to get. Right, and they 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 really wanted the, the draft picks anyway. Right, so I think they were looking more towards the future. So I I think. They, they didn't expect a ton out of this yeah, team. And I so think you I can think at the survives. same time say, that, I mean, yeah, the Lions haven't won many games, but I think that they've been surprisingly competitive, right. at, at least at least this second half of the season. I mean, they got two wins against, you know, playoff team. They mm-hmm. just beat the Cardinals, who, you yeah, know, most well, people were, you know, Matt picked them to be a Super Bowl <laughs> right. winner, and they just got beat by the, you know, the lowly Lions. Right. Yeah, we, and, we must have been the death kill for some right, of Right, yeah, okay. we've kind of been a – I mean, I did it to the Titans. They were on a roll, and then I – pick them as my Super Bowl team and then you know they've struggled here recently but uh, I mean they won last weekend but um, yeah I think uh, but yeah I think you can say that yeah Dan Campbell yeah they haven't had a lot of success, I, yeah I but think, I think he's probably had, safer than Nagy oh yeah absolutely um you know I, I, yeah I just find it hard to, to fire a coach after one once right. I mean obviously Jacksonville did it with Urban but there was a lot more issues going on there than just you know their performance on the field but yeah I, and I think Dan Campbell, he, he's an energetic guy. He brings a lot of energy yeah. to the team. I just think he may be the, the the right guy for for that that you know franchise. It just hasn't shown up yet, really. You know, in the win wins and loss column. So that kind of, kind of one more guy that we've talked about a little bit in the past, uh, kind of being on the hot seat still. Uh, Pete Carroll there in Seattle. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I don't. They've I don't kind know. of shown a resurgence here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Seattle's played a little better here in recent weeks. I don't know. I, I guess. Um, I feel like they're kind of playoff or bust though. With, with as good as they've been in the past, mm-hmm. and the, with the they down climb last year, down again this year. I yeah. Just, I don't know. Think- yeah, I think it's it's very strange, I think, situation for, for Seattle. I don't know. I mean, things that I saw or kind of read is that, you know, a lot of the, I guess, reasons that they are ha- haven't had much success or they're pinning a lot of their kind of, you know, not very good success on, on Russell Wilson's thumb injury, mm-hmm. you know, him being out several weeks. I mean, I think they went one and three in the, in the four weeks that he was out. So, I mean – can you chalk it all to to that? I I would find it very hard. I mean, they're still still got the defensive side of the ball that that isn't playing maybe as well as as what we're used to seeing with right. with the Seattle you know Seattle defense. But I, I think he it definitely the, the seat's getting hotter. I don't know that it's necessarily the point where they're they're ready to to get rid of him because I, I if I'm correct they just signed him to like a big contract mm-hmm. extension like last mm-hmm. year and. Obviously, that doesn't matter for for teams, anyways. They right. usually, you know, that money's only. I, mean, he, I think I think Urban's was a five year contract. Right, right. They're saying they're not paying him a dime. Right, so we'll right. See what happens we'll there. See what happens there. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, you got to feel bad for some of these guys as as late as the NFL season goes. That they're if they had any want to be a college coach, mm-hmm. those jobs are all filled. I mean, right. they got yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah, it's pretty much they're going to probably stay either be in that running for you know one of. Whoever gets fired, they're right, in the to, running to for to take over to, them, to, or to just have the carousel. Yeah, just kind of a, a vicious, there. a vicious mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think a, another one, you know, another coach that I that I'm you know thinking of, and that that's uh, you know Mike Mike Zimmer with with the Vikings. Um, you know, he's been kind of a, a sub 500 kind of guy there there in Minnesota, and uh, they're they're like a borderline kind of playoff team uh, this year. And the Vikings haven't m- missed back to back playoffs. Um, since since Zimmer took over in 2014, and like I said, they're they're borderline, you know, kind of uh, playoff team this year. So you know, it's it's one of those things that man, we've missed the playoffs two years in a row. Is it right. time to kind of go in a different direction? Well, and that's after they spent all that money getting them the quarterback they thought he needed to, mm-hmm. to really get things done. And Cousins right. and, and Zimmer just haven't produced. Yeah, and, and and I think at the same time, Zimmer's kind of a uh, I think a kind of a defensive minded mm-hmm. guy, and, yeah. and they went kind of all in this off season on on getting a lot of defensive help you know through the draft through the offseason and it's still not paying kind of paying dividends right. for them their, their defense is you know middle middle tier you know bottom half of the league in, in a lot of statistical categories so I think it's yeah one of those things that if, if they miss the playoffs you know don't don't finish out the season you know real well and haven't had real great success against you know their their bitter rival in, in Green Bay I mm-hmm. mean they they you know haven't won very many games against against them and that's who you're you know ultimately competing with in that division right. to kind of win that division so uh, I think yeah if, if the you know the last three weeks of the season kind of go south for the Vikings I, I I think the Vikings might be might be moving on from from Mike Zimmer and uh, you know looking for a new a new head coach mm-hmm. so <clears throat> all right. Well, that's our show, I think, for tonight. Um, there's still time to uh, join our bowl pick em. Um You you know missed a few games here at the beginning, but not like this uh, panel here is doing all that great all right. anyway in our right. pick so far. So there's still time. Colton, tell you how to do that and uh, tell you how to watch our show and catch up on past episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, like Dad said, we're doing a you know doing a bowl pick em for for first place. Um, we got you know a uh, competition going on um, where. First place, take home a uh, <clears throat> um, t- 
take home a gift card, $25 gift card. And, um, you know, for each one you get right, you get, you get 10 points. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're only about, you know, 10, 10, 12 games into it. And, uh, but you can find that over on, on ESPN. Um, just, you know, search, I believe our group name is fired up underscore, uh, kind of fired up podcast. I think, you know, it's not, free. Yeah. It's completely free to, to enter, you know, no, no, you know, kind of money to, to enter at all, to put an entry in there. And, Last yeah. I saw, I think one of our other hosts who has been here a while, I think one of his buddies is winning it at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's, yeah, but it's it's still pretty pretty tight. Nobody's really, you know, yeah. kind of separated themselves from it. So you, know, you got a real good shot at, you know, potentially moving your way up the up the leaderboard just because of you know how kind of crazy maybe the the bowl season's gone gone so far. But uh, yeah, so so hop on over to ESPN and you know search us search us over there and, and join in. But uh, you know, we, we appreciate you guys, you know, listening tonight. Um, you know, we, we thank you for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Calf, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, you know, like I said, we hope you enjoyed our show this week. And, um, you know, if you want to hear other topics or, you know, you want to have a burning sports question that you, you know, want to hear us, you know, talk about or, you know, debate about here on the show, um, you know, you can hit us up on our Instagram. Our, our handle is Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook if you search for Fired Up, Comma Sports Podcast. Um, you know, both of those we you know love to hear from you know our our fans or you know hear hear from people to you know talk about some stuff that maybe we don't we don't think about. There's always a lot going on in the sports world, and we try to talk about it all, but you know, just not not possible. Or we try to catch every news story there is possible, but sometimes we we miss something. So yeah, we, yeah, we do have real jobs. Too, so. <laughs> yeah, um, but then you can always you know head over to our website at uh, firedup1.podbean.com and you can you know check out all of our past episodes um, and it has links to some other important information about our show and you know and, and if you want to just listen listen to our show you can find us on all the pretty much every podcast platform you can think of we're on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you you know can listen to a podcast you you can find our show so Appreciate you guys listening, and as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.